Welcome in. This is episode three of the 1796 Sports Podcast. I've got Ryan with me, and I've got Normal Vol fan, as always. Uh, we're going to be getting into the preview of the Alabama game coming up. Uh, everybody knows what this week entails. This is nothing new for our audience. Uh, so, yeah, where do you guys want to get started? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I just want to talk about Arkansas versus Alabama. I mean, Arkansas is not they're, – they're not a good team. And, and they were in that game in the fourth quarter with, with, with a chance to win it. And I think it came down to coaching for, for Arkansas or Alabama very well could have lost that game to a poor, poor team. I mean, Arkansas got off to a good start. You know, they, they had two coverage busts that, that would have changed the game. It would have been a dogfight the whole time. They wouldn't even have to be coming back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, but Arkansas did eventually end up coming back, even with those coverage busts. And it was due to KJ Jefferson's excellence. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. It's a shame he's on a terrible team. But what are y'all's thoughts on that game? Yeah, I, I think um, I'm going to give, well, I think one, it says the, the, the most thing that it says is it says that Alabama is not the same Alabama. I mean, I don't think Arkansas is horrible. I, I tend to agree with Josh Pate from CBS Sports said that Arkansas would win the Big Ten West, and I totally agree with that. I think – I mean, look at Arkansas' schedule. It's a murderer's row. But that's yeah. besides the point. Any, No matter how good Arkansas is, Alabama teams that we grew up watching would not have let them hang around like that. Like yeah. – in prior years, Alabama is just so clearly a level above Arkansas. And this year, I, I mean, they're obviously not. At least they didn't play like they were. And it's not – you can't even say – I mean, fluky stuff happens. Tennessee played like shit against Austin P. But the thing is, is it's not really fluky with Alabama at this point. I mean, look how bad they looked against USF. And then USF, USF got their doors blown off by UAB and Florida Atlantic. So, like, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it's just, you know, Saban not being able to keep up in the transfer portal. But I wasn't all that surprised that Arkansas um, kept it close. And the thing is, is Arkansas usually is a good running team. They're not a good running team this year. And they were still able – they were able to keep it close with Bama. So, I think – it. I don't know. It could have been – I'm sure this game is in Bama's players' heads a little bit. I'm sure that – that I mean, obviously they know they lost last year. I'm sure they probably overlooked Arkansas a little bit. But that's yeah. that's what I would take from it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, if we have a Alabama team, you know, from the second half show up to this Tennessee game, which I don't think is going to happen. Obviously we have, you know, last year's game on their minds. Well, some of them. Um, but we're going to – there's going to be issues if that comes about during our game, especially in the running game. I mean, I just don't think – especially after what we did with Texas A&M, I definitely am very confident in our running game doing something. It's just now we got to see what we get from Joe Milton, okay? I just – if if Joe Milton plays – like a 250 yard type game, I just don't see us losing. 
So it's just, you know, what's going to happen? Are we going to get that Alabama team from the first half or the second half? So, Yeah, so, I mean, even if we do get the first half Alabama, I don't think it'll be that big of an issue if, if, they, if they play like that again. I mean, it's like I said earlier, without the coverage bust, Arkansas is only going into half down a touchdown, maybe a field goal. Like, and, you know, give credit to Alabama. Like, they stopped them at the, the Razorbacks at midfield when they were driving in the fourth quarter with a chance to go ahead. And then they ran the clock out. But that was – they had help from Sam Pittman and whoever's calling his defense. I'm sorry. I don't know who their defense coordinator is. But on third and three at midfield after Alabama got, got the stop there on the Razorbacks, they dropped eight in coverage. And to no – to no one's surprise, Milrow ran for a first down. I mean, how easy is that to run on three people on the defensive line? So I, I think, you know, Arkansas could have won that game in Alabama, no matter how they played next week. If they if they repeat their performance ahead against Arkansas, Tennessee has a great chance to win. Yeah, I completely agree. I like I said, it's just you know, especially with them being home to that game, it's kind of a eye-opening thing and a lot of people just start to look at last season they look at you know and you got to remember last season they had Bryce Young this the kid in college was unbelievable one of the best college quarterbacks we'll probably see in our lifetime right Mm -hmm. and you know Jalen Milrow is Jalen Milrow I mean he has his you know pros and cons just like Joe Milton but um you know my biggest thing with this game coming up is what are we going to do with Joe Milton because we see, we saw it in the Florida game. I mean, joking, bro. It's just you gotta you, you gotta do the plays for the the medium to long passes. You know, me and Ryan were talking about it before. We we saw what three, maybe two deep passes in the uh, Texas A&M game. It's just yeah. like where has that been? Last year, you know, it was you know a couple bombs a game, like five, six, seven times going downfield. And we we haven't seen that this year. Yeah, the most glaring thing is that none of those passes on Saturday were to Squirrel White down the field. Yeah, I I didn't – yeah, I was very surprised about that. Like, Squirrel wasn't involved at all. I mean, we talked about it a little bit already, but, like, Chaz and Emerald led the team in targets. I don't know. There was something weird going on there. There, There's been something weird going on all year, and I don't know what it is, and I don't think anybody knows what it is because – I mean, I get it. Our run game, three-headed monster, man. You put any three of those backs in, and they're you know running for fifty plus yards easily. And it's just, I don't know, something's off, and it's gonna have to be fixed. I trust this team. I, I I still believe I have more faith this year than I did last year. Okay, so we'll see. I don't know. I think the environment's gonna be you know electric. Obviously, they all want revenge. This is uh. We'll call it their Super Bowl this year, and um, because honestly, I still don't think Alabama is going to be. Um, you know, I still think Bama could lose three games this year, and we'll see. So this is one of the biggest games on their schedule, along with us. But we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's kind of something, and I don't know if this is a good segue. I, I just wanted to mention off of what you just said. So their Super Bowl, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, they already have one loss. And then right. 
LSU is not out of it. I mean, if LSU – well, we're getting into that later, but there's a path for LSU. Basically, my point is the thing that makes me the most nervous – and, Ryan, I know you're going to get mad about this. The thing that makes me the most nervous about this game – I love reading into stuff like this. Nick Saban, I think we all agree, Nick Saban is one of the greatest co- college coaches of all time. I do not see – Nick Saban not having his team ready to play for this game. I think they have so much bulletin board material this week. I think this will be the most motivated. It might be the best Alabama performance of the season. I'm just going to go out and say it. I, I think they're going to, he's going to have his team ready and they're going to exploit our lack of a passing game. That That's my fear for the game. I, I just think, when you're playing one of the best coaches of all time, it's hard to beat him once. It's even harder to beat him twice in a row. No, no, I completely agree with that. <clears throat> I'm not mad about that, Bryce. I mean, well, you usually you usually don't like the whole like <laughs> momentum and like bad history argument, but like, well, I mean, that's I don't think that has to do with that. I mean, Nick Saban is the best college football coach in history. I mean, I, I don't think that's debatable at this point. Um, and you know. He, he he remembers when he loses because he doesn't do it that often. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not mad about that at all. I mean, and I, I think that leads nicely into what I have here. I mean, Nick Saban has lost nine games at home at Alabama. Yeah. And, and what, it's 15 years, right? Uh, Let's see. They, they think this will be the 17th year. And six of those were – Three, I mean, three of those losses were in his first season when he was, you know, rebuilding everything. Mm. So that that's insane. Nick Saban, is, I mean, there, there's no doubt he's going to have that team ready. So I, I agree that Alabama's going to give it their best effort, probably the best effort they've seen that anybody has seen from them all, all season. So Yeah, I, I just think that's something that, you know, you got to factor in to any kind of projection uh, because I think – Honestly, from a matchup standpoint, this is probably the best we've matched up against Alabama in a long time. Um, but oh, yeah. you, but you have that extra motivation factor that, you know, the coaching factor, which I think Heupel is a great coach. But, I mean, Nick Saban's the best. So that's yeah, just something else you got to factor in. I mean, Tennessee obviously wants to win this game as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is a huge rivalry. It always has been. You're talking about the two best teams in SEC history when you take it back to, you know, the 1890s. So, I mean, I mean, like Tennessee's going to be motivated as well, but will that overcome the motivation that Alabama will have after their defeat last year in Neyland Stadium? See, this game has a lot, and I, and I talked about it on Twitter. If Tennessee wins this game, just think of the narrative shift that's going to happen, okay? If Tennessee comes out of Tuscaloosa with the win, oh, boy, watch out. The media is going to eat this up, and, you know, it's going to be Tennessee, Georgia, we're thinking way ahead. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that, especially with going Kentucky at night. It's going to be cold, you know, and we'll talk about that in that podcast. But, you know, you win this game, it's going to be – the narrative is going to change. And – Tennessee is hyped up. I'm not, I do not doubt that Hypel is going to have these boys ready. And I don't think we're going to see the Tennessee that was the Tennessee of Florida. I think we're going to get the Tennessee that everyone knows and the defense that everyone has seen. 
And I think we had that one fluke game, and I'm glad it was early. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think um, for sure. I agree on all those points there. I think – would you all want to get into what do you think your key – what's your key for the game? I already have something prepared, if you all don't mind. I'll go ahead and get oh, something. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think, uh, in my opinion, Jalen Milrow is their best running back. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. So, McClellan is pretty good. Like, I'm not going to say he sucks, like I said last week about Texas A&M. But he's not the type of of running back that Alabama is accustomed to having. He's no Derrick Henry. He's not Mark Ingram. He's not Eddie Lacy. He's not like a game changer, in my opinion. I don't think we will have any problems with Alabama on the ground. And I, I, I personally think Kamal Haddon's, you know, probably the best corner in the SEC. Let's just go ahead and say it. So I'm not really worried. Like, uh, the Cover 3 podcast guys on CBS always talk about how Jalen Milrow and Joe Milton are the same quarterback. Jalen Milrow can just run. And yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. Like, I don't think – I'm not really worried about Miro beating us through the air. I really think this is set up to be a low scoring game. And I wanted to get you guys' opinion about if you think, and I know like NVF, you said last week, you were the one that called our running game was going to be fantastic against Texas A&M. Nobody thought that, like, I thought you were kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie. But then guess what happened? We ran it right down their throats all night. So, my question to you, fellas, is Alabama's run defense is just as good, if not better, uh, in my opinion. What do you think? Do you think we're going to have no problems running again? Do you think this is another 200-plus rushing yard game? Uh, Okay, so what I think about it is, is I believe in our running backs. I think – and our offensive line has been fantastic. Um, Now, this game's a little bit different. It is on the road. And, you know, obviously it's going to make me – I say it makes me a little nervous um, because if you look at the Florida game. But, again, I I just don't see these guys – I think these guys are a lot motivated. Like, they're a lot more motivated than they are when they went to Florida. And we also have the mental hurdle when it comes to Florida. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think we're going to – at least get 200 yards uh, or at least close to it. I don't think they're going to stop us like Florida did. Um, I think it's going to be a, another Jalen Wright show. Um, Obviously I wish Dylan Sampson would get a little bit more love and a little bit more touches, but I mean, Jalen Wright is doing things right. If you know what I mean. And um, I just, man. Yeah. I think we're going to be able to run the ball. It, to me, the key to this game is Joe Milton. And I think if Tennessee scores 30 plus points, we win this game. So it's, it's for just. For sure. For sure. I, I had one more little thing I wanted to get in before I let Ryan go. I, I just wanted to say the thing that makes me nervous about it is Joe Milton. I feel like Nick Saban is going to be dialing stuff up all night to try to get under his skin, try to get him rattled, just like, you know, in the Florida game. And, that, that makes me a little nervous, um, you know, especially with Kool-Aid McKinstry is one of the best cover guys in the nation, and our receivers kind of suck. So I'm not really sure, you know, that, that makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, so I, I think 
you're totally right. I think it's going to have to be a Jalen Wright game. Yeah. Uh, talking about the run game, I agree with normal Volfin. Like, I, I think we'll be able to run it. But I also think it's going to look a lot different than it looked against Texas A&M. I think in order to have success on the ground, you need to get Joe Milton involved in the running game. But like, will he? Well, I don't think he's going to have have a choice. Like <laughs> he 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 showed that he can run over somebody. He knocked out AM's, you know, best linebacker. He ran over a guy before he, you know, lost his mind and threw an interception in the end zone. Like if you take out the sacks, Joe, Joe Milton ran for eight. He ran eight times for 50 yards against A&M. And I think it's going to have to look like that again. And I also think the running game, we need to bring out all the stops. You need to be running reverses, jet sweeps, misdirection, counters, draws. I want to see some I want to see some D. Williams jet sweeps. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, you're, you're going to have to dial up exotic runs, in my opinion. And, and if we do, we might go for more than we had against a and that's just my opinion. Yeah, you know, I don't know. And I, I don't know if you guys seen what Nick Saban said about Joe Milton, but, you know, him saying, and this is a quote, saying, I don't see Joe being a whole lot different than what we played against in the past. When Hennon Hooker was there, the guy can throw the ball, he, he's accurate, he's got a strong arm, and he can make plays downfield. And they take a lot of vertical shots, which I don't believe that's accurate, but – so he's uh, certainly capable of making those plays, but he's also athletic enough to extend plays in the pocket and run if necessary. And we were just talking about it. And it happened, Ryan and Bryce, I know you were watching the game on TV, okay? Joe Milton had a certain play where he should have ran the ball. Even if you get – I'm talking, even if you get three yards, four yards, go slide and get four yards. Do not force a ball. We were lucky he was out of bounds. But he threw an interception, but the guy was out of bounds. It's just mm-hmm. I I don't know if he's I'm not like you said Brian I mean I don't think he's he's definitely not scared of a hit it's like then why not go run I mean there's no reason he should be scared he's the size of damn Derrick Henry yeah he's like, huge and he runs over everybody no, I'm not I mean, saying you yeah know, I'm, saying, I'm not saying you know run the ball all the time but I mean but the thing is is he's so averse to it and and my thing is is. I don't want to say that I don't want to speculate it because I mean, you know, nobody knows this, but I wonder if it's like a football IQ thing. Like if he's just like missing something, because we'll go back to, uh, I think it was the Ole Miss game. Ryan, you help me out yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. He, that final play where the game is almost over and he just runs out of bounds, like with uh, no he, time. on. He, he ran out of bounds with triple zeros on the clock. Yeah, it's like to me that's not like a skill thing. Like that's like not knowing the situation or like not. And I wonder if that has something to do with it. Like I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Maybe he got some bad injury in high school or something. Running. I, I don't know. It's just weird to me because even when the lane is there, even when it's very obvious that you should take off, he he's like he seems scared, and he shouldn't be scared. He's built like a freaking linebacker. Yeah, I mean, if if. I think if Tennessee is going to win this weekend, Joe Milton is going to have to drop his damn nuts and and man up. Like it, it's it's not a joke anymore. Like he's going to have to run and he's going to have to run people over. Like that's the bottom line. Yep. 
Yeah, and you know, a big thing going into Tuscaloosa. I've never been there personally. Have you guys? No, I've never been to Tuscaloosa. I've been all throughout Alabama, though, so I'm assuming it's probably the same. I've been to Tuscaloosa. Okay, so I want to know your opinion. Like, what's the environment usually like? Well, it depends on how the game's going. Um, I went in 2019 when uh, the infamous game where Jarek kind of Jarrett Garantano spiked the ball into the end zone. And, uh, you know, throughout that game, Tennessee had a chance. And, you know, for the most part, Alabama fans were sitting on their hands because they were nervous. I mean, if Alabama's doing well, yeah, they, they'll, they'll, you know, get up and get loud. But, you know, for like if they're not playing well, and this is going to be up to Tennessee, like they're quiet for the most part. And that's just – I've only been there once. That That's what happened during that game. Now, uh, how do you think the the Tennessee, you know, Vol Nation, how do you think we're going to travel to this game? You think there's going to be a lot of Tennessee fans there? I think so. I, I, I think we'll bring as much as A&M brought to Neyland Stadium last week, if not more. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for because I think – I think that's another benefit of having Vol fans there. It's it's just if I'm a player and I'm coming out of the tunnel, you know, there's a there's a good little motivation factor <clears throat> if you come out and you see a bunch of orange in the crowd. Um, yeah. I think that's what you know needs to happen. And you know, I know there's going to be a bunch of people there, and I know there's a bunch of ball fans that live in Alabama that need to be at this game and, yeah. you know, take up a seat because we're going to need all the help we can get. Yeah. And I don't know if any of, you know, one or both of y'all know this, but the part of the Southland band always takes the full band to Alabama because they always do the circle drill at halftime. So, you know, the band's going to be there at least, but it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's up to the fans to get there and show out and support this team. I mean, it's like Bryce said earlier, this is the best we've matched up with Alabama when we've been playing there in a while. Like there, there's no reason that Vol Nation shouldn't show out. And I'm sure we will. I mean, we've seen it, Vol Nation's everywhere. And um, yeah. I don't doubt that there's going to be plenty of people there. So um, yeah, if, if, if Tennessee played a game on the damn surface of Venus, we would have at least 500 people there. <laughs> yeah. But um, I do want to talk about this game as a, you know, we'll talk about like after the fact. Let's And we're talking about hypotheticals here. But, you know, the biggest thing is, is if Tennessee wins this game, I want to hear your thoughts on what the landscape looks like, you know, for Tennessee after this. I mean, we play Kentucky the following week at night and, you know, this has huge playoff implications for both teams because if, if Tennessee beats Alabama and vice versa, I mean, you're taking a lot out of their season here. So what are your thoughts on, you know, you think these, you think this is in, you know, the players' heads or the coaches' heads? I think they're both have, – they have to be thinking about it. I mean, especially Saban's team because how many people – how many of Saban's players have ever lost twice? You know, I mean, it's not very many. It's kind of, if you think, I don't want to say that whoever loses this game is out 
because some weird stuff could happen. Um, but I mean, if, if you have two losses, you're you're probably not thinking about the college football playoff. So I, I definitely think that's going to have a motivating factor. I mean, if Saban loses this game, he's going to be on the outside looking in for the second year in a row, and he's going to have to find out what network to go on and cry again. So, you know, that's definitely in his mind. I can promise you that. Yeah. I mean, I'll say right now, if Tennessee loses this, you can forget about a playoff this year. I mean, when you go down to Florida and lose to that team and you didn't pick up a second loss, just write it off. The only thing is, is if the the only scenario I could see them not being out with the loss here would be if we go down and beat Georgia, if we beat Georgia at home and then we go to um, just win out the rest of the way. That's I mean, but even then, Georgia would have to lose another game somewhere. Yeah, with, with with two losses, you're gonna have to win the SC championship. Yep, to get into the playoff, which is very possible. Well, I'm talking about. I think if here's my thing is if Tennessee wins this game, I think uh, it's gonna be hard to stop us. I think if Tennessee, I think if the players come out with a win here, the momentum and the motivation factor come into play, and I I'd be scared if I was Kentucky if Tennessee wins this game. I think Kentucky should be scared anyway. They're a joke. Yeah, we also own them, so. Yeah. But. Hey, guys, I don't know about you, but, I mean, I personally don't see any difference in in Neyland Stadium and Kroger parking lot. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. They're basically the same, you know. Yeah, I've also seen on here that – I see Kentucky fans are acting a lot like um, Coach Stoops begging for a bigger stadium. I mean, I just don't see them filling out a eighty thousand seat stadium. So no, I mean that sounds like a that sounds like a real cute idea until they go back to winning five games a year and it's half empty in October. Yeah, when when Mark Stoops is the coach at Iowa next year. <laughs> They'll struggle to fill three sections in that in that stadium. So, but I, I want to say something real quick about Mark Stoops. That comment he made after the Georgia game, where he's basically saying that the roster he has now is not good enough. How do you think the players feel in the locker room after that statement? Um, I, mean, I would feel like crap. Well, they can feel however they want. I actually don't have a problem with what he said. He's right. I mean. He he's right. I mean, I think he's acknowledging the limitations that you have when you're at Kentucky. I mean, yeah, I mean, even if he is right, though, like, would you want to play for a guy that basically says y'all aren't good enough? It was definitely an arrogant thing to say. I mean, he was basically saying my players suck ass, and I'm just such a great coach. Yeah, and like he, he didn't even want to sniff, thinking that it was his fault. He just blamed his the the lack of talent and his on his roster. That he built. So but I will say though, when you have when you're a program like Kentucky, like Ryan, like you said, they just want to be good enough until basketball starts, and yeah, then the fans yeah. can go watch basketball. But Stoops is the first guy who's had any sustained, somewhat success at Kentucky. I mean, in forever. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I think his I think he was trying to save his own ass with that comment by saying like, "Look, don't get mad at me if we finish eight and four because." That's the ceiling for Kentucky football. And, I mean, I think he's right in that regard. He probably shouldn't have said it, but 
Yeah, I mean, I still don't like it. Uh, I would be upset if Hypo made a comment like that. But, you know, he is probably right at the end of the day. So, you know. Yeah, I actually – this made me think of, uh, you know, a topic with this Alabama game. Uh, so, Nick Saban and Hypo have probably, you know, the most different kind of coaching styles. And I'm kind of wondering what we're going to see from each of them. Like, if you're Hypo and – like on the offensive side of the ball, what are you doing? Like, are you going to – I'm trying to pick your brains and see what you think should happen on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball for both teams. Like, what do you expect uh, Saban to do against our offense and vice versa? Like, what do you, what do you, what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, on defense, I think the main focus should be on containing Milrow in the pocket because – this is the first time in a long time that Alabama really has no skill players that are a household name. I mean, you might know their names, but they're not living up to the Alabama standard. Um, on offense, I think Hypel should run tempo come hell or high water, unless it means that you're getting the stupid pre-snap penalties like we had at Florida. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, if I was – playing against Tennessee, I think my plan would be to just stack the box and force Milton to throw. Um, that's, in my opinion, that's that's the best thing you can hope for. Yeah, yeah. but then what if you get the Joe Milton from the Orange Bowl? Then what do you do? Well, then Tennessee's a juggernaut and you got some other problems. I, I think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think as of now, we've, we've shown that the – the running game is going to be the bread and butter. It's what we've had the most consistency with. So I think you're going to obviously try to sell out to stop that. And you're going to hope that even if you do get the Joe Milton from the Orange Bowl game, Ramel Keaton still can't remember how to catch a ball. <laughs> I mean, Let's hope that changes this week. I mean, it, it, it's. I mean, I don't see how we win if it doesn't change. I mean, if you only have two receivers that are being effective, you – it might not even be a defensive battle. You might lose by two or three scores. So Keaton's going to have to step up. Like he, he needs to be thinking this week that if I don't step up in this game, I'm not seeing the field the rest of the year. Like, and that's, that's all well, the there's pro- to it. The problem is, is you don't really have anybody else to replace him. I mean, yeah. unless you want, I mean, unless you want Chaz Nimrod in there for every snap, which I mean, could be okay, I guess, but I mean, the same thing with Caleb Webb. I think Caleb Webb's really good. I think uh, I think we'll start seeing more of a couple guys coming in and out. I think, yeah, yeah because sure. that that pass uh, in the A and M game was inexcusable. Like that was that was a silly drop because there was no one there was no one in front of him, so there was no worry about getting hit. There's no reason you drop that ball. Yeah. I mean, he just has to focus up. I mean, I mean, this is a secondary that that you can throw on. I mean, Quinn Ewers threw all over him. I mean, that's the reason Texas beat them in Tuscaloosa. I mean, he he was throwing deep balls in the fourth quarter. They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. Like, it's a lot like the – they're built a lot like the A&M defense, really. I mean, you can beat them deep. They're tough to run against. 
Yeah, but you know, we proved last week that we can run on anybody. Yeah, just, it just comes down to the execution and staying out of those stupid penalties. So, yeah, guys, you know, do what, guys? I I want to go over some names of quarterbacks that have beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa, if y'all don't mind. Yes, I would love to. All right. So this is excluding the three losses from 2007 uh, under Nick Saban. Um, start off with Auburn 2010. Name that quarterback. Cam Newton. There you go. Texas A&M 2012. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Football. There you go. Ole Miss 2015. Is that Bill Wallace? Chad Kelly. Ah. Better than Bo Wallace. Um, LSU 2019. Joe Burr. There you go. And finally, Texas 2023. Doors. What do all those people have in common? They're better than Joe Milton. They are elite college quarterbacks. Yeah. So, Joe Milton, either the run game like I said earlier, is creative, effective, and dominates the game, or Joe Milton steps up. Yeah. So that, that that's really how I'm looking at this game. I mean, it's going to come down to whether the, whether the run game can be effective enough or whether Joe Milton can step up for the first time this season. What are y'all's thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, like look at last week, though. Like if they didn't – if we weren't able to run the ball like we were, we would have lost last week. I mean, the passing offense did nothing last week. So I think it's going to be the – I think you're totally hit the nail on the head. I think it's going to have to be the same game script. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm I'm like the complete opposite, and I'm probably the worst person to ask that question to because I'm a Joe Milton believer. I don't care how bad this kid could do. This kid has the talent to do it. It's just I don't think I I don't think they're calling the I'm not gonna say they're not calling the right plays, but they don't they don't use Joe Milton. I, and we saw little it like little bits and pieces of it in the Florida game towards the end of the game. Even even on the first drive, Joe Milton looked good, and then. Yeah. We just kept trying to run the ball, run the ball, run the – and it wasn't working. And then it was like – then you're putting in, putting Joe in those bad spots and – because we would get stopped twice on the run. It would be third and long, and then, boom, you're off the field. Yeah. And, you can, and also, you can't let Alabama do what Florida did and have the ball for 20 minutes. Can't let – it can't – it can't happen. Yeah. So – and like I said before, I don't, I don't see our defense doing that. I think our defense is – is you know full steam ahead, but you know anything could happen in college football. Yeah, I think the biggest difference you'll see from the Florida game is that you know we've harped on it and harped on it through the first two episodes of this thing. Cooper Mays is now at center, so please, for the love of God, do not commit those penalties. Like, and, and Cooper Mays at center. He might mitigate some of those some of those issues that we've seen in a in a tough environment that the Vols will be walking into on Saturday. So that's my hope. I mean, I don't think without an effective running game, you're going to be able to win this game. So uh, with Kevin Mays back in the fold, hopefully that you know 
cuts down on the penalties and we don't get behind the sticks and we don't have to rely on Joe to make those decisions that, you know, he's been struggling with this year. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm like – so I'm excited about this game. I, I Like I said at the beginning, I think we have a better shot to beat them this year, especially in Tuscaloosa. I think – I think this is the year. If you're going to beat them in Tuscaloosa, this is the year. Um, the I think I think Tennessee's better than like on paper than Alabama this year, and I don't know. I'm excited, but I don't know how to think. I don't know. I'm trying to be uh, Josh Heupel in my head, but I'm obviously not, and I'm just I'm just wondering what we're going to get Saturday. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think uh, I just want to get one more little thing in there about the game Saturday. Our receivers may not be very good. At least they don't hit women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, or praise them for how good they do and uh, how amazing of a wide receiver they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, Jermaine Burton, Bryce, you have to take into account that he was fearing for his life with that, you know, 19-year-old co-ed coming at him. That I mean, like five two, buck buck twenty. I mean, ninety pound college girls are pretty terrifying. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and Nick Saban defended them until the cows came home. Bastard. Yeah, we're not going to punish them. I think you did great. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm proud of you for getting there safe. Yeah, but um, you know, I don't know. I think I'm kind of worried about this game, but I'm kind of not. I, I had the same feeling going into the AM game. And I, I wasn't nervous at all. And I didn't know if I liked it. And the defense was uh, definitely a saving grace for me. So I'm hoping, you know, we see that again Saturday. I mean, it, it would be incredible for the defense to perform like they did last week on, on the road. I mean, and, you know, Alabama's offense is nothing to like really be scared of. You just got to go out there and execute. Yeah. I think if you, I think if you stop uh, the run, just like you were saying about how they stopped Joe Milton, I think you need to um, make Milrow throw. I, I mean, I just don't believe in his short game. I because all all his yards really from this year are from deep bombs. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So I, I don't really. I'm not afraid of Jalen Milrow. I'm more afraid of having him like. I I could picture it right now. I could picture J- James Pierce coming off the edge, Tyler Barron coming off the other edge, and they just like you know how they get behind the quarterback and then he just moves up and it ends up running. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you, you have to have a. Like maybe the 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 pass rush shouldn't be focused on sacks, you know per se. They should be focused on keeping him in that cylinder. Like if if he busts out, he's either going to run for a first down or complete a pass down the field. I mean, I, I really think that the pass rush should be focused on just keeping him there. Yeah, right? I think they will. Yeah. In QB spy situation. Well, we were talking about this before. If you do a QB spy, you take that one guy out of coverage, and I just don't know how I feel about that. And because 
I think if you put Arian Carter or Elijah Herring to be a spy or even Aaron Beasley, you know, obviously Aaron Beasley, but um, I, obviously we won't have trouble with him running. It's just you take away that guy in coverage because he's so focused on the quarterback. And, you know, I just don't know if they have more. Yeah, for sure. I just don't know if they have very many weapons that I'm terrified of. I mean, other than Burton, I think oh. had no had no shadow burden. I'm sure, but yeah, is I mean, he, I, I'm assuming he's their best wide receiver. I mean, so far he is. I, I mean, I, I I can only name one under one other Alabama wide receiver, and that's Bond. Hell, I don't yeah. even know his first name, and that's people <laughs> I talked about earlier, like. There's no household names. Like this is not yeah, this yeah. is not the Alabama we grew up with. This isn't like I mean, they always have Alabama always has an NFL running back, two NFL receivers, and sometimes an NFL like tight end or another NFL running back. And this year, what do they have? I mean, I know that's not the end all be all, but this is not a name brand Alabama team. Yeah. I, I think with the weapons they have on offense, if they didn't have Nick Saban, Nick Saban making the decisions, like they would probably have another loss or even two at this point. I think it just speaks to how good Nick Saban is. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I keep getting back to Joe Milton, but I think uh, early on in the game they need to um, get him feeling it in the passing game. I think – Obviously, you're going to run the ball. We know Tennessee is going to run the ball, but you need to get uh, Joe Milton comfortable. Yeah. And even if it's not – don't do the whole bubble screen. That doesn't get a quarterback comfortable throwing a ball, you know, three feet to a wide receiver. I mean, I mean, run a couple slants, you know, do something to get, you know, him in rhythm and him comfortable in, with the crowd and all that. And I think – I don't know, man. It's hard to say that. You know, I'm really comfortable with this game if that happens. Yeah, I mean, especially after completing, you know, only half of your passes against A&M, it would be incredible for, for Milton, for the coaching staff to focus on Milton getting some completions, giving him some confidence. I mean, even if it is through short passes and bubble screens, like, like quarterbacks love to see the ball not hit the ground. I mean, unless it's an interception, but you know, you, you have to get him into the game early. And I think another way to do that is get him hit early, run some quarterback draws, understand that you're not going to get knocked out of the game just because you get hit. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I don't like how he does those draws though sometimes. Cause like he'll run at like, he, it's like he doesn't pick the right way to go. Cause like he always gets those like two yarders. It's like, dude, if you just went to the hole right to the right, I mean, you're picking up eight to ten yards. And yeah. we've seen Joe Milton's speed. I mean, he could run. And I agree. I think if Joe Milton decides to say, "Hey, I'm going to run this game," then it's going to be hard to stop Tennessee. Yeah, it's just another piece of the offense that is different than last year because, you know. When the quarterback is running effectively in Heibel's offense, that opens up a ton more opportunities down the field in the running back running game, sitting around the running back. 
I mean, that's just one more thing you have to think of if you're Alabama. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, in terms of personnel, has there been any, you know, significant turnover or changes in the offensive positions? I mean, talk about Tennessee. I mean, do we see – do you guys think we see a couple – because like you said, Ryan, on the last podcast, you had Keaton played every snap. Yep. And do we see – Maybe that changed this game. Does it cut? And I don't know why I'm wondering that is it's Alabama. Do you take? Because I mean, they I I guarantee you they still believe Keaton's their best wide receiver. And Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's like it goes back to what what I said earlier. Like, I mean, if if it's, if not Keaton, then who? I mean, are you really going to trust Caleb Webb or Chaz Nimrod to play all all snaps at Tuscaloosa? Like. I just I think they can eventually, but I don't think there's a whole lot of options. I mean, to change it up now. I mean, this is kind of the, the team that you have. I think you need to throw the squirrel white a lot more. Well, yeah, uh, squirrel white needs to obviously be a, a key part of the the game plan. Um, and D Williams, get him involved, dude. Please. Please. I want I want to see some D Williams jet sweeps so bad. Dude, it, oh my god, it'd be so nice. Just like it would throw people off. Like you just start seeing D Williams come up to the you know line of scrimmage, him him and Squirrel White on at the same time. I don't know, man. I don't know what. Like we said before, I don't know what's. I don't get paid the big bucks to you know coach these guys and make these decisions, but it's kind of the only maybe. thing. The only problem I could see that arising with that is. I mean, if D. Williams comes onto the field on offense, I, I'm pretty sure Saban's going to know it's going to be a jet sweep or, you know, something like that. See, I think you get him involved in, like, the even the little bubble screens, dude. Because, like, just the way you see him on, you know, punt returns and kick returns, the way he gets away from people, I think he could be a problem. You know, instead of a five-yard gain, it might turn into a 15, 20-yard gain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – if D. Williams hadn't seen the field on defense at corner, why not just switch him to offense? Like that's my that's my main point. Like especially last year when our secondary was reeling, like not playing well, and teams were thrown all over us, and he still couldn't see the field. Get him on offense. Yeah. But if there's any game to do it, it's it's it's, it's this game because you're gonna have to pull up. A lot of stuff, in my opinion, to pull this game out. Do y'all have any other final thoughts on the matchup? Um, and we got some viewer questions I want to get to. Yeah. Now, yeah, let's hop into the mailbag. It'll get, you know. Absolutely. All right. So um, we're going to do this every week. Obviously, it will have a, a bigger segment for it as, as we get bigger. Um, but I wanted to show some love to the people who sent in some questions. I got, we're going to start off here. So let me say, let me first of all say, so the first question is uh, from chef Dilly at Mr. McGiggle 75. <laughs> okay. So he wants us to do, he says, can you guys do a roster breakdown on where we stand for next year and possible portal needs? I think we need, and then he goes into all the positions that he thinks 
we're going to need to address. Now, uh, Chef Dilly, I we are going to touch on that more probably towards the end of the season. Like we're obviously going to do some off-season stuff. Um, so that's kind of an off-season thing, in my opinion. But what I figured we could do to answer his question is what is the number one – we'll pick one position. What's the number one position you guys think we need to hit in the transfer? Offensive line. Yep, absolutely. Not, not okay. even close to offensive line. I absolutely agree. And for what for what it's worth, Mr. McGiggles, like he agrees as well. Um, he says he would get two tackles, one center, and a guard. Totally agree. I mean, the whole offensive line are seniors. I mean, yep. some of them some of them do have COVID years that they could take, but you're gonna need depth on that, you know, no matter what. Yep. So offensive line and maybe even receiver. Like especially after what we've seen from the passing game so far. Yeah. And depending on, you know. I'm, if, if I'm in the portal, if I'm hypo, I am getting – I am I am going after every elite lineman in that portal, not even a question. Like – Absolutely. And you have – I mean, you have the, you know – the NIL, you have all that. You have the big university, the SEC. You, you have all those talking points. You can get it whoever you want. It's just you got to go after them. You've got a. You've also got a pedigree of having elite linemen in the past. So right, Darnell Wright, ju- literally yeah. last year. I mean, Cooper Mays. Cooper Mays is an is an elite lineman. You know, yeah, for sure. Even Spragans. I think Spragans is really good. He is. So I mean, yeah, offensive line for sure on that one. Awesome. So all all of us agree. So then we'll go to the next one. This is from at hated Vol fan. Do y'all think we see Orange Bowl Joe again this season? Um, um, man, that's tough. If, if any game, it's this game. I I think because this game you can't lose this game. I think th- this is a must win. This is where we need Orange Bowl Joe. Uh, I mean, now, do we see him again? I don't know. I can't answer that question. That's up to Joe Milton. But I, if I wanted one, if I could pick a game, it'd be this game. Yeah. My thoughts on Joe are well documented. I'm going to say no. Simple. <laughs> okay. All right. And then uh, for this week, we'll end with this one. So this is from at Leighton Neal24. If you could pick – this is a fun one. If you could pick one past or present QB, it can't be Peyton. Who would – to put on this team, who would it be and why? Oof. I, um, I, I had one come to head real quick. Go ahead. Mine's Joe Burrow. I yeah. think, oh, my God, if you put Joe Burrow on, like, last year or this year's team, oh, my God. Dude. Oh, my God. I mean, we, it would be the 2019 the LSU team. Yeah, we, we would win the Natty, no, like, no questions asked. Yeah. I'll stick with past Tennessee quarterbacks. Um, Give me Casey Clawson. That's not a very fun list. Okay. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have lost to Florida, and we, we would win on Saturday because he was a road warrior. Casey Clawson, all day. The Iceman. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back. I'm gonna go with uh, old Condridge. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, so we are sticking with Tennessee quarterbacks. And I no, it, the way that the way that he worded it, um, he meant any college quarterback ever, not just Tennessee. That Peyton was just the only one you can't use. Well, I wouldn't have picked Peyton anyway, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just fun um, to do it with with just Tennessee and then without Tennessee as well. So like, obviously Burrow is going to be a top choice. Tebow, Cam Newton, you know, obviously all those are going to be great choices. Honestly, though, I think uh, if I had to go all time college, they don't have to be of all. I think it would be really fun to see Marcus Mariota on this team. That I, yeah, I can see that. And Heidel's offense. He's like, yeah. Exactly. I mean, That's if you enough. are you talking about the offense from last year, or are you talking about this one where we're seeing all the screens and stuff? Well, I have, I think, a, I have a couple good ones then. If we had Mariota on this team, like this year's offense, it wouldn't look like this year's offense. If that makes sense. My yeah. thing is, I'm at I. So if I had to pick one from like this year, I would love to have Sam Hartman on this team. Right. Just because, I mean, if you want a guy to just sit in the pocket and throw short passes, I think that's your guy. I mean, he's accurate. He can hand the ball off like everybody else. I mean, I don't know. Why not? Sam Hartman. And I heard he could have been a ball if, uh, but after Joe's Orange Bowl performance, everyone thought he was going to be, you know, head and hooker. So, well, that got pissed on so far. (laughs) <laughs> so far, let's see. I mean, what are we halfway through the season now? I mean, and if if Joe doesn't show up this Saturday, I mean, and we lose this game, then you start wondering when the Nico show comes around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's obviously that's going to happen. Like anytime you have a prospect as highly touted as Nico, people are going to call for that like as soon as possible. But I think any any like discourse around. Nico like should be starting in Tuscaloosa. I mean, I think even Ryan doesn't think that's a good idea, right? No, no like that's fine. that's pants on head retarded. Like I, Joe hasn't done anything, in my opinion. Joe hasn't done anything yet to deserve getting benched. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, it's just the potential of what the offense could be, with you know, and. It, it, we haven't seen it yet from Nico, but it's just tough to think that he wouldn't run it better just based on what we know about him. So, but all right. Well, we're getting into the hour mark here. Um, so, I really want to get into the scoring predictions here. And I'm really interested on what you guys think because I know this segment's probably going to be a long one. Um, Let's uh, we'll go from uh, we'll start with Ryan and then we'll go to Bryce. I'll I guess I'll finish up. But Ryan, what do what are we thinking with this Saturday, the third Saturday in October in Tuscaloosa? What are we feeling prediction wise? Yeah, you know, the more I looked at this game over the last two days, the more confident I've gotten that we can beat them. But it's gonna it's gonna take a few things. I mean, we, we've talked about it. You got to contain Miller, contain Jalen Milrow. You can't let him run all over you. 
you have to force him into mistakes like Texas did. He threw two interceptions against Texas. Um, for us, we, we can't make stupid mistakes like we did at Florida in, in our last road game. I mean, you can't take a million penalties that kill drives. And uh, Joe Milton has to be effective in one way or another, whether it be him finally throwing the ball effectively and being efficient or him running the ball effectively. And, you know, I, I said it earlier, I think if, if he's not passing it, you have to go to an exotic run game. I don't think no matter how good our offensive line is with the way Alabama is going to be motivated, I don't think inside zone and, you know, just relying on the tempo is going to work the whole game. So I think you're going to have to drop some creative run plays. So at the end of the day, I think Alabama is going to be ready. I think we'll be ready too. But Nick Saban is going to have his team ready. And I, I, I see it being a rock fight with the way both of these offenses have struggled. So I'm going to go with Alabama 24 to 20. All right. I mean, I don't disagree with you with, that, with anything you said. So I, I just, you know, it's a it's a toss up with this one. I, I'm I'm still conflicted. Yeah. But, um, oh. Go ahead, Bryce. Yeah. Sorry. I, I I think hate to be a parrot, Ryan, but I agree with almost everything you said. I I think it's going to be tough. You know, I'm a big analytics guy. I'm a big trends guy. I I I don't think. I think Saban has probably watched two things on repeat. It's our game over Texas A&M and the game, Tennessee-Bama game from last year. I think he is going to see how we thoroughly dominated on the ground against A&M, and he's going to do everything he can to make that not happen. I think ultimately our offense just doesn't make as many plays as Milrow will. I think – Ultimately, we're going to end uh, 28 to 20, something like that. I think uh, ultimately, I, I just think Alabama has a little bit more horses than we do. And I don't think they're going to save. And this is like like you said earlier, this is their Super Bowl. This is going to get everything that they have. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to be the odd one out here. Well, not probably. I'm definitely going to be the odd one out here. I actually don't think – that Alabama comes out on top in this one. Um, I do believe that we're, we're going to pass the ball better than this past weekend. Uh, I'm not going to say that Joe's going to throw for 300 yards, but I, I definitely see a better game from Joe. Um, I do want to read what R- Wes Rucker just posted on Twitter, but uh, it, it's coming from Josh Eipel on the struggling pass game. Uh, this is a quote saying, at the end of the day, I've got confidence in my guys. Some of those throws Saturday, Joe's technique was off, so his throws were a little off. Some throws were dropped, and at the end of the day, we just got to be better. Um, coming from that quote, I think they're going to be ready for this game. I think our defense is going to show up. I think it's going to be a completely opposite team from the Florida game on the road. And I think uh, Tennessee ends up winning this game 35-28. to 28. And I think we uh, roll on into Lexington the following week. Let's go. Hell yeah. That's what we all hope for. Yeah, I mean, all you could do is hope. I mean, like I said before, you know, 
we don't get paid the big bucks to go make these decisions. It's just, you know, being fans, it sucks. You got, you got to wait till that Saturday to see what happens and who shows up because I mean, if Tennessee's defense shows up and starts playing really well, I think the offense is going to show up and, you know, I don't think our running game is going to struggle that much. I think it all depends on the big number seven. Yes, sir. But, um, Anything else you guys want to talk about before we head out of here? Um, I couldn't imagine being a fan base that that's anthem relies around their biggest rival. That's all I <laughs> yeah, got. hey, in the most scientific poll ever created, Vol Twitter <laughs> resoundingly says Dixieland Delight is in fact an anthem about. The volunteer state. Well, but but Bryce, the the band who sang it is named Alabama. Okay, well, if you had any knowledge, the guy who wrote it is from East Tennessee. So, get a life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, uh, you know, I just, oh god, dude, I'm just nervous for this game now. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, that that's what being a fan is all about. But, uh, you know, what Bryce said earlier, uh, talking to the listeners, I mean, uh, if you see uh, 1796 post on Twitter, make sure you, uh, you know, comment and we'll address all your thoughts. I mean, the more the better we'll, you know, the content's going to be rolling out every couple days, uh, especially with basketball season coming around and baseball season's not that far either. Um, But, you know, we got a lot of uh, Tennessee athletics coming our way, um, and that's the page to do it. So make sure they fo- you, you guys follow 796 on Twitter and um, and on Instagram as well. Uh, we're going to be putting out a lot of content coming uh, the next few weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Follow, follow Normal Vault Fan, too. If you want the spiciest memes. And probably the most motivation you could get. You could do that, too. Hell Dude, yeah. if you want to, in my opinion, that's that's the holy trinity is Astro Smokey, Normal Vol fan, and the 1796 Sports. Yeah, I'm, I've been trying to get Astro to get a little bit more active. He, he's getting a little burnt out, and uh, I miss seeing uh, like the four or five post daily Astro. So we'll, I'm, I'm working on him. We'll, we'll see if we can get him back to normality. But um, anyways, guys, I I had a blast doing this. I can't wait for Saturday, and we'll uh, be doing a uh, recap of the game uh, Sunday. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys later. And as always, go Big Orange. Yes, go Vols. Go, go Vols. <laughs>